Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. So she grew up playing for T-West, Titans, and Pac-Man here in the Toronto area. She's a provincial and national champion on the beach at U18. She represented Canada at U21, and she just finished her third year at Queen's University. Please welcome to the show, Rachel Melican. Rachel, thanks for doing this. Oh, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. So I got to know you through Andy Koss, and then obviously you guys qualified for U21 and got to see you this summer. But uh, I'm just really interested to kind of hear about where it all began. So when you were a young athlete growing up in that Toronto area, obviously you can play volleyball pretty young. But what other sports were you into before you found volleyball? So before being introduced to volleyball, I was actually playing soccer and basketball uh, really competitively and for my school teams and then also rep. And then in my elementary school, I tried out for the volleyball team just for fun. And my coach was like, hey, like, you should really consider going to try out like at at like a rep team, like Toronto West is closed, Titans is closed. Um, I think that you could do really well there. And then I was kind of like, oh, yeah, maybe like, we'll see. I wasn't too sure if I liked it too much. And then he my coach called my dad. He was like, no, like, I really think you should consider putting her in just because she likes it. So then he did. And then I went to some training camps in the summer for Toronto West and figured out that I actually really did love it. And then I kind of seriously playing from there. Nice. And was there like a, a, a certain moment that you found volleyball was really fun? Like, I think, yeah, you're playing other sports like soccer and basketball. And like, I think as a young kid, you can play those at a high level. But volleyball really isn't only fun if you're around either good people or your own individual skills are good enough to do like the cool stuff like jumping and hitting. So was there any like moment or skill that got you really attracted to the game? So I really like to hit. Like as soon as we did our first drill when I went to that um, training camp in the summer, like, I just, like, vividly remember really liking to hit and serve the ball, and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I was like, wow, like, I can't really do this in any other sport, and it's kind of just that little moment of, like, gratification, like, when you get that good kill. I was like, I really like this. Like, I want to see, like, where I can go with this. So definitely that. Nice. And obviously, growing up where you did, there's a ton of club options not too far from home. So uh, it, I know you played for three different clubs, but when you started considering what you were looking for, like what stood out? Did you want to play with certain people or you wanted something close to home or you liked certain coaches? Like when you did choose to change clubs as a younger athlete, like what factored in? So when I started at Toronto West, I kind of just went there because it was super close to me. Like practice were like five 10 minute drive very very close to my house and then once I knew that I kind of wanted to keep playing volleyball I kind of just wanted to see the different levels out there just because like I wasn't too familiar with what teams were like super highly ranked or like lower and then that's when I just started going to tryouts in the fall in different um like regions so I went to Toronto West um went to Tobacco Titans also went to Pacman just seeing um the variety there and then I started playing for Titans where I played the majority of my um, youth like in volleyball just because it was close and the level was higher. And then also in my middle school, a lot of girls who I was friends with went to my school also went to Titans. So it kind of worked out really well. Like it was a really great community there. It was close. The competition was great. And it was just overall really well, like really well organized. Nice. And what was your entry point into beach? Like, who was your first beach partner? How old were you when you played your first OVA beach tournament? Yeah, so I started playing beach, yeah, must have been around 12. And I played with 
a girl on my who I met at a camp, her name was Sophia, and I just kind of played with her in OBA tournaments just for fun because I wasn't again. I like it was my first year playing. I wasn't really sure if I was gonna like it. And I played that one summer, and I was like, look, like, I really want to do this every summer. And at that point, I was still playing competitive soccer. I was like, look, this is great. Let me see like how far I can go with that. And once I knew I really liked it, that's when I started like expanding my partners and like seeing who I wanted to play with, who I played well with, and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah. Nice. And at what point did you and Alex really start to click? Because for you guys to win provincials and nationals, and then obviously to represent Canada, like there just has to be something unique about your dynamic. Like I understand you guys were on the same indoor team together. So is that what kind of sparked the idea? Or when was the first tournament with her and you kind of knew you had a long-term partner in the making? Yeah. So when I was playing with my, we both had different partners and my partner actually got injured. She like tore her ACL after a season. And then Alex's partner also like decided to stop playing beach. It just wasn't for her. So then I remember we were on different teams for indoor. And um, I remember we, I don't even think we played each other, but I remember our parents kind of just sat together. Like they just happened to sit together and we kind of, we saw each other on the beach before. So I think my dad was like, oh, hey, like how's beach for Alex? Like, how are you doing? And then her parents were like, oh, actually the partner's not playing anymore. We're not too sure what to do. And then my dad was like, oh, really? Rachel's partner just got injured. Like, she doesn't know what to do either. So it kind of sparked, like, an interest there. They were like, hey, well, why don't they just meet? Why don't they just practice together and see where it goes? So then after that encounter happened, the next summer, we, like, met at this practice. And I remember it was, like, so weird because we, like, knew who we were. But then we were also, like, this is so, like, set up. So we didn't know what to do. I'm like, okay, we'll just practice together. But yeah, we practiced for that week and it just clicked and it worked out so well. And then we're like, okay, let's give this a shot. So then we just like got in our first tournament and then we did super, super well. And then, yeah, we ended up being partners for now for like four years, I guess. So worked out well. I'm glad our parents had that conversation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And as you kind of progress, because I think uh, the NCAA, I don't know for your age group if it's considered new anymore. Like I would consider that it's been a thing for maybe as long as you can remember and it's progressing still. So was there any part of you that was considering trying to pursue beach volleyball in the NCAA versus trying to play youth sports here in Canada? Yeah, for sure. That was a that was a big debate in my head because especially – after our last season, like Alex and I did super well, and I just really love beach altogether. So after my kind of like my grade 11 year and my grade 12 year of high school, I was really considering what I want to do if I want to go into beach or indoor. And that's such a big decision because I really loved both at the time. And then once I was like making that decision, I kind of decided that I did want to stay in Canada just because I wanted to stay close enough to my family where they could come and they could watch my games and it wouldn't be too much of a hassle for me to go home. So then once I decided I want to stay in Canada, I was like, okay, well, I'll just pursue indoor. I'll keep playing beach in the summer. Like I can do both, but then I loved indoor competitively as well. So it kind of just worked out really well with that. So I'm pretty biased as a beach guy, but uh, in your experience, has there been much transfer? Like, has anything from indoor helped your beach game or has anything from beach really helped your indoor game? Like, with you going back and forth every season, like, do you find that you're just a volleyball player and you can play year-round? Or is there certain things that stand out that you're like, wow, I, I really like playing beach because it helps me do this as an outside hitter for indoor? 
Yeah, for sure. I think that beaches helped me so, so much. And even my um, my coach Ryan at Queens, he's always said like, he's like, I wish every outside like played beach in the summer because so many skills transfer. And it's also just like, like your agility, like your shots. There's just so many things that you can use on the beach on the indoor court. And it's also just so funny because every single time that I go from beach to indoor, like in September, I like go back practicing in indoor and I'm, and then I don't tip and I pokey. And like, it's just like a little funny things like that. And my coach is like, okay, Rachel, it's time to transition here. But I definitely think that there's a lot of aspects that transfer, even just like the mental, like mentality on the court. Just because in beach, what I've learned as a player throughout my years is that like you really can't get in your own head. You can't get in your in your own head in a lot of sports, but I feel like beach is especially important just because there is just you and your partner and you really like you don't have the time to kind of get mad at yourself about a point or like, you know, really stress about one certain ball. I think that's super important, like reset really fast and just keep going. And because I've learned that so much on the beach, that's definitely transferred to my indoor experience where I don't get caught up in my head about the last play and all that. And I'm really good at resetting. But I think that's like definitely a huge factor that's transferred. Awesome. And obviously it's different for everybody. And I would never slate somebody for playing beach year round or indoor year round. But I think as a young athlete, what kind of appealed to me was just the mental break, right? Like, have you found that as an athlete where you can focus and you're still a volleyball player year round, but just going from season to season, does that help you fire up versus like if you were playing maybe high performance indoor in the summers or playing in a league or team O and then going like, does it almost feel like work where you can kind of fire up because it is so different that you get through these little gaps that change and make it exciting again? Yeah. Like I, I love the transition like back and forth just because even after I'm done my indoor season, which like this last year, like we had such a great season and then it ended and everyone was so sad. I was so sad too. But then it's kind of like, I have something else to look forward to the next month. And it doesn't feel like I'm ever done. That makes sense. Um, And also just like, they're so different. So it's just, it's so fun to look forward to something else once my other season ends which is like awesome. Now U21, you guys were nominated and they kept changing the tournament that it kept going later and later. So for our listeners, I hope you don't mind just giving us a little bit behind the scenes, but uh, how supportive was Ryan at Queens for you to kind of take off? Because you would have missed most of your fall semester because they, they kept delaying U21, which was supposed to be in the fall. And then it started getting later and later and Thailand stepped up and hosted, but you would have missed a lot of training with Queens. And I'm just wondering what was uh, Ryan's uh, first impression when you're kind of like, so listen, the tournament's now in December and I still want to go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we were under the impression it was going to be in September, so early fall. So we were training all summer, kind of preparing for that. And then um, once they moved it, they're like, okay, what do we do here? Because Queens is three hours away. So I wasn't sure like how I would commute to go back to Queens and then come back to train and how that whole transition was going to work. So we kind of came to an agreement where I would go back to Queens and then come back at the start of November and then just train each until we left in December for Thailand. And I kind of just told Ryan right away, like just talked it through. He's very, he's like a very, very understanding person. He was so supportive throughout the whole thing. And I kind of just sat with him and I was like, look, um, I might just have to miss a game or two. Like I have to go back and train Thailand, like back on into December. Um, but thankfully, one like kind of good thing was because COVID, our season was reduced, like the amount of games we played. 
So the action ended up being that I only missed one game in November, which was like worked out so, so well because I got to play the other games before I left. So yeah, talking to him was like, I wasn't even stressed really. He's such an understanding person. He was so proud that I was even going to represent Canada, which is an awesome thing. So that conversation I wasn't ever too worried about. And it worked out really well. Yeah, just take us through that experience. So U21 was, I, I'm happy it happened, but it did come with its challenges where you guys get to go to Thailand, but man, that's a mission of a trip. And then I understand because of the COVID policies, like you guys are locked in your hotel room for a couple of days before you're even allowed out to go train and go do the competition. So just kind of in your own words, what was it like those first few days prepping for U21 when it was official and you're on the airplane and you're going to Thailand? Yeah, so... It didn't really feel real until we were at the airport. Like, it was always like, oh, yeah, we're going to Thailand. <laughs> we met at the airport, like, at Pearson. We're like, whoa, like, we're actually going to Thailand. And neither of us have ever traveled really, like, on our own. Like, we've always traveled with our teams or with our parents or whatever. Then it was just me and Alex traveling. We're like, wow, <laughs> like, this is a far, this is a far travel to be on our own. But it honestly worked out really well. You know, we got there one piece, everything everything was smooth. And then getting there, yeah, we had to quarantine for one day in our hotel room while we were waiting for our COVID results, which was definitely super stressful, especially because we heard that one team in U19 couldn't play because they tested positive for COVID like when they landed. So we were obviously very, like, very stressed for that one day, but worked out well, tested negative, and then just got to train and practice for a few days before our first competition. Yeah, and just for our, our listeners, take us through that, because you being an indoor player, like if you go to an international tournament, like you train in-house, you have enough people that like you kind of just book a court time where what was kind of the adventure for you guys? I know cost helped out a lot, but how are you finding other teams to train with to kind of prep for the tournament? Yeah, so we, we weren't too sure how that was going to work either especially because we only had, I think we had three days before our first competition. And we definitely needed to, you know, get used to the courts, get used to the heat, get used to just playing again, because our last tournament would have been in August, and this is now December. So it's quite a while. Um, and our coach, like Andrew, definitely helped us so much. It was like such an easy concept, actually. Like I, I remember we would just all go for breakfast together, and then the coaches would kind of just start talking, being like, hey, what are you doing today? Like, are you practicing? Do you want to book a court? So it was kind of really easy to find teams just because everyone was on, like, in the same boat wanting to train before the competition started. So that was definitely an easy thing to set up, and our coach helped us a lot. Nice. And then what was uh, kind of your experience with the competition? Because obviously you've won provincials and you won nationals here at home, so you're used to a high level. But what was that first international experience like? It was really cool. It was it was different for sure because like you said we've only ever played against Ontario teams like we've never played in an international tournament before we haven't even played outside of like Ontario really before so it was really different it was super interesting to see the different teams and just like their dynamics and different techniques just the small things and even like serving and how they set up for defense like everyone kind of had their own little techniques which we had to get used to and also just physicality of teams like you know our first game we played against Russia where the girls 6-3 as a blocker right and I'm there at the net being 5-9 I was like oh shoot <laughs> <laughs> what's gonna happen here but it was definitely interesting it was so nice having a variety of teams to train and then also compete against because you know that's why we're going like we want to play against teams that we wouldn't usually play against in Ontario so 
So I think that was just part of the experience that just made it so great. And could anything prepare you for the heat? Like what were some of your strategies? Because you guys were training indoors in Toronto and like even downstream in the winter is not that hot. So then you go to Thailand, like, was it just be in the sun when you need to be in the sun and train to compete and then find shade and rehydrate? Or like, what were some things you were doing just so like you weren't so burnt out because it was such a difference from like going from home to Thailand, right? Yeah, we were definitely trying to prepare for that as much as we could in Toronto, which is very difficult. But even when we were practicing indoors, like even when we practiced with you that like those few times, like Alex and I kind of tried to wear like leggings, like long sleeves, like put a sweater on, you know, and even though we were dying to keep there, we knew it would be nothing compared to what it was in Thailand. So kind of just practicing in those like extra layers, also being conditioning in those extra layers, just those small things, which honestly I think did make a difference just because we tried to prepare as, as well as we could. And then how did it feel going back to Queens? Because obviously you had the support of Coach Ryan and I'm sure your teammates, but because you did miss a match, did you feel like you had to really fight to get that playing time that you had like worked for so many years before? Like you as a third year, did it feel like you come back and you were going to get the starting nod or did you have some catching up to do because you did miss so much time with your indoor club? So it was definitely, it was weird coming back, even just transitioning from like sand to court and coming back to practices. But at the same time, you know, like volleyball is volleyball like whether you're on the court or in the sand. And I felt as though like, I was still like, I was still staying in shape those few months. Like I was getting my touches in. I was getting even more touches in like playing beach than indoor, you know? So I think that coming back, it was, it like wasn't too bad like in that way. It was just, I remember I scheduled a few more um, individual practices with my coaches because we have a few individuals a week. So I remember I came in a few more times, like I think three times. And the two weeks, my first two weeks coming back just to get used to the court again. And then it kind of just like felt like I wasn't gone, honestly, for the rest of the season. And with your age group, like you being the third year, like just how excited were you when there was a team across the night? Like there were so many stops and starts during your university career. Like, do you remember the moment of the first game where there's like, you know, there's a bit of a crowd, there's referees, like you're in your jersey. Like how exciting was it when like you knew the season was on this year for OUA? Oh my goodness. It was like the best feeling in the world like going through my second year and not having a single game was just the weirdest year in my career like I I can't even explain to you like how weird it was not not having competition and obviously trying to create that competition within our team and like doing scrimmages and like I remember we had put our jerseys on to do little matches against each other but actually playing against another team it, it just felt so good. And at the start, there were no like, spectators allowed, which kind of sucked because, you know, we're playing with our team. We're all hyped up. We're ready to get back. And then, like, our parents can't come support us, and there's no one watching. But then once COVID restrictions kind of started to lift a bit and, like, that went back to normal, it just felt like, you know, it was it was like that for years. And it, we kind of just forgot about that second year and made the most of our season from there. And what is your mindset during a match? Like, I'm just pulling up some box scores, and you had some big games. Like, against Ryerson, 11 kills, 1 air on 21 attempts, hitting 476. Uh, against Nipissing, 17 kills, 4 airs on 25 attempts, hitting 520. Like, these are huge games. So how are you getting, like, the volume you're getting and earning the kills you are without, like, blasting a few out of bounds or just missing the blocker? Like, how are you hitting at such a high efficiency with this volume? Yeah, so, so for those matches... I just really try to 
base my performance on consistency. Like, I know that I don't have to hit the ball 100 kilometers an hour every single time. And I think that because of the beach as well, like, I kind of figured out, like, when I have to do what shots, what's open, what's not, what's the smartest move. And I think that that is what really helps me and, like, what makes me stand out from other players as well, just, like, having that core awareness and, like, knowing what I can do, like, how I can better the ball in the best way that I possibly can. So I think that's a really big part of my game. And just, like, I don't know, just, like, having a variety of shots, I would say. And just not being too stuck on, oh, I have to do this. Or I have to kill this ball. This ball has to appear. And kind of just having the, that variety of what I can do. And, and you touched on it earlier that Queen's had a, a very good season this year. And I noticed, again, just looking at the box scores, you guys have a pretty deep team. So how does everybody kind of find it where, like, when their number gets called, they're going to perform and be awesome. But when their number doesn't get called, they can be in a support role and you can be happy for the other athletes on your team. Like, it looks like everybody's fighting for a position. But when you watch you guys play, like, it's genuine that you are supporting each other. Like, how have you guys found that balance? Yeah, so our team culture has been, like, the best. The best team I've ever been on by far. And even throughout like Queen's career, like Ryan has always said that this team culture is just something so special, just because we're all so close on and off the court. We're such great friends where like it gets to the point where, yeah, everyone's fighting for that position. Everyone's competitive in practice, but that also helps us get better because, you know, we lay it all out there and we're trying to get ourselves better. So when Ryan does like announce that starting lineup, everyone's kind of like there's no negativity on the team when that lineup's announced. Like everyone's excited for everyone else and everyone's also ready because, you know, people have their off days, like they could start and then they could not be performing and then new player has to be put on. And I think that what's so great about Queens is that everyone's just so ready to go and just uses that motivation to perform well when they are put on, which is really great. Well, this has been awesome. Uh, as usual on the show, I feel like I have an idea of people's careers. And then when I actually talk to them, there's so much behind the scenes that this happened that makes it even more impressive. So thanks for sharing all that you did. I know we're, we're both a little strapped for time this week. So thanks for carving out as much time as you did. Uh, but one thing we've built into do a tradition on the show is just to tell a funny or unique story. So we've learned that you're a provincial and national champion. You've already represented Canada. You're playing at Queens. But man, something odd or funny must have happened along the way. So I was hoping you could share a funny story before we let you go. Yeah, for sure. So one story that definitely comes to mind that's like a recent story is the route going to Thailand. So after Alex and I tried out, um, we were really hoping that we were going to get picked, you know, and then we get the email that we get picked. We're like, oh, this is amazing. Like, no way. Let's start training. We're ready to go. And then in the email, I think it's like the last sentence. It's like, oh, if you accept this, you have to send us a scan of your passports by the end of the week. So then we see that. I'm like on FaceTime with Alex. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not too sure, but I think my passport might be expired just because I didn't really do much traveling during COVID. Like most people didn't. She was like, you know what, Rach? Like, I think mine's expired too. And we're like, okay, well, you know what? We have like a week. We'll figure it out. I don't know why we were really under the impression that you could just walk in and just take a new picture and then you just have a new passport. I'm really not <laughs> sure why we thought that that's how the process worked. So then I remember the next day I was at the mall with my friend and Andrew calls me. He's like, hey, congrats on being picked. Like, that's amazing. They can't wait to start practicing. I'm like, yeah, same. He's like, is everything ready? Like, do you have all your documents? 
I'm like, yeah, everything's good. Um, one small thing is just I have to get my passport like fixed. And he's like, what do you mean you have to get it fixed? I was like, well, I, I think it's expired. And he's like, oh, so you have to get it like a new passport. I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, do you understand what that means? And I was like, yeah, what do you mean? Like, I'm just going to, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go tomorrow. I'll pick it up. It'll be great. He's like, I don't think you understand how the process works because that takes weeks. Like the whole process itself takes weeks. And by the time they mail it, like this isn't a two day thing. I was like, oh, really? You don't say. <laughs> he's like, Stop. what are you doing right now? I was like, actually, I'm at the mall. He's like, are you kidding me? He's like, I'm picking up right now. We're going to get your passport and figure it out. I was like, I was like, oh, do we have to right now? He's like, yeah, I'm picking you up. Like, okay. So he picks me up and we're calling all these passport offices and they're all fully booked because, of course, you have to make an appointment as well. Of course, I thought that you could just go in line and then just get it done. But no, you have to make an appointment. So they're all fully booked. Like, I think we called about three that weren't taking any more appointments. There's one open. I think it was close to downtown. And then we look, and it closes in, like, 20 minutes. And we're, like, 30 minutes away. So we're like, oh, my goodness, how is this going to work? So we basically speed over. I'm, like, sprinting in. I had to go home first, get all my, like, IDs, whatever, get back in the car, speed over, finally get to the office um walk in I'm like hey I need this passport he's like oh yeah yeah the person working is like yeah yeah I'll get it to you in two weeks I was like actually I do need that in two days and he was like oh okay what (laughs) you need it in two days I'm like oh I'm sorry like I actually I really need it in two days I cannot get it in two weeks he's like okay well you have to do this you have to go here you can find it here I was like oh my goodness so then made my appointments paid this huge fee no, parents weren't happy about that either. <laughs> overall, a lot of people were mad at me that week. But anyways, got it all done. Alex did the same. Got our passports and then got it in by Friday. But honestly, really just an unheard of experience. That it really stressed me out for that one week. And it stressed out a lot of people in my life. But <laughs> got it figured out at the end. Yeah, it sounds crazy. terrible. But just for our listeners so they understand, I think the way the FIB registration portal works is you can't register without like valid passports and without proving you're a Canadian citizen. So it, it wasn't Volleyball Canada trying to be the heavy and make up this imaginary deadline. I think we were risking missing your spot if you didn't get this done. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> had to get it in by that day. Don't know, don't know how I, don't know how Alex and I really did that, but lesson learned. Pos- getting a new passport isn't isn't a day event. I'm so glad that Andrew was able to add a little bit of urgency because if you were just continuing to be nonchalant, I wonder if you would have got to go to U21 at all. So I'm glad it all worked out, but man, what a week that was. I know. What are coaches for, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, this is awesome, even though it was a little bit of a speed round to kind of cover as much as we could. So we'll have to get you back on the show soon to cover all the more exciting stuff you're up to. And I know we're entering beach season, so I'm sure there'll be more stories to tell next time. But for now, uh, thanks for making the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This is so fun.